places that I've never been Seeing things that I may never see again I can't wait to get on the road again Hey everybody and welcome to the Where's Willie podcast. Join me, William Miller, as I travel the country talking to manufacturers of all types about their trials, tribulations, and triumphs in the industry. This show is brought to you by Koganay International America, Inc. Welcome everybody to the Where's Willie podcast, a national manufacturing podcast sponsored by Koganay International America, Inc., a global manufacturer of more than 512 thousand components that help miniaturize every device, machine, robotic, and automated process in every industry sector of manufacturing. Today on the Where's Willie podcast, my travels take me to Wilmington, North Carolina to talk with Mr. John Panachone, CEO of Logic Bay. John has over 18 years experience leading teams that focus on using technology to improve corporate performance. As a CEO of Logic Bay, John works with leading companies to develop and implement strategies for scaling indirect sales channels using a combination of services and technologies that Logic Bay offers. Prior to founding Logic Bay in 2003, he had led sales and marketing at Cognitive Arts, an innovative leader in high-end workplace simulation software. John, welcome to the podcast. And if you would, please tell our listeners, who is Logic Bay? Hey, Willie. First of all, thanks for having me today. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Logic Bay is a software company. We're a cloud-based software company, and we specialize in manufacturing and specifically helping manufacturers get more yield out of their distribution channel, basically. So we make their distribution channels more efficient, and we help distribution partners perform their jobs better every day, whether they're salespeople or service technicians, people that sell stuff and fix stuff for manufacturers. That's what we focus on and making sure that they perform as well as they can. So that's great. So let's get into the meat and potatoes. What are the problems then or the challenges that these companies have? And what is the solution specifically that Logic Bay would provide for a given problem that people face? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Long answer, but I'll try to summarize it. We really view the world in kind of two buckets. Uh, one bucket is what we call a captive channel. So that's a company like Caterpillar, for example, right? Cat dealers typically only sell cat equipment. They're our biggest customer, by the way. And then we have non-captive channels like Daimler Trucks, which is another big customer of ours, right? You might get a truck dealer that sells Freightliner trucks, but also Volvo trucks on the same lot, that kind of thing. That's a non-captive distribution channel in our lingo. So we actually service both, but the needs are different in both. So typically what's common in both is manufacturers are constantly rolling out new products, right? Bet the farm products every year, right? So you have to prepare the distribution channel to accept that product, know how to sell it, know how to fix it. And increasingly today, the end customer, the end buyer is actually going straight to the manufacturer over the internet to educate themselves on those products. So it's really orchestrating at scale those components within the channel around common things like rolling out new products, ramping up new dealers, ramping up new people that the dealers hire, right? Educating the end customer increasingly. So all of this stuff has to be coordinated at scale and that's what we focus on with our technology. So I love to be cliche. <laughs> so in my world with Kogane, global manufacturers selling exclusively through distribution here in North and South America. 
You just said something that's interesting to me, and I like to use a different industry trade term, and I think this is the segue of my simple mind to better understand. When you talk about captive versus non-captive, captive for our listeners, as I understood you say, would be a organization that sells one brand. A non-captive right. would be an organization that sells multiple brands. And I understand that very well because our distributors typically are industrial automation distributors, and we are typically one of 30, 60, 90 different companies that they represent. And really the challenge in my world, my day-to-day, being head of marketing and business development is how do I look to find maybe a partner like you to say, hey, not only do we need, and here's the cliche word, mindshare growth with our non-captive distributor, because not only do we want every one of their sales team to lead with Kogane and focus on only us and ignore the 60 other brands that they represent, Kogane doesn't make it any easier as we make over 512,000 individual part numbers. So when you talk about, oh, let's prepare and help out. How many new products do you have coming out in the next two weeks? Oh, we have 19. Okay, we need a little bit of focus. So I like to say the word mindshare. So is it fair for me to, in my understanding, that that's exactly what you will do is you will go within an organization, whether they are captive and it's one brand and it's focusing on not specifically the brand because they're limited to one, but you're focusing on whatever that new innovation is or that target market they want to focus on. And then for a non-captive organization that has multiple brands, then it's, hey, let's set the priority of what are the brands we want to focus on and do we want to put those in buckets so you have clear direction and effort and you're getting some results. Is that fair to say? Yeah, Willie, you're stealing all my best material. You know, that's exactly the term I had in my head. It is mindshare, and especially in a non-captive channel. So there's two reasons why a distributor you described that sells 90 different lines, right, is going to sell your product. There's two main reasons. One is that it's the best product they could offer their customer. You would think that's why they're selling your product that you want them to sell versus a competitor that they represent. But the second one is real life, right? It's easier to sell your product. You're a salesperson at the distributorship and you have everything you need on your phone regarding information you need right now about that product, right? You know the price, you you can ask questions of experts, you've got all the information you need to sell that thing. If it's at your fingertips and easily accessible, even if that product is inferior compared to your competition, what do you think the salesperson is going to sell the most of, right? It's the easier product to sell. That's, if you've ever been a salesperson, that's just the way it is. So if you have those two things, if you have a great product and you make it easy to sell in a non-captive distribution channel, you're going to win more often than not. But you have to have those two things. It's not only about having the best product. you got to make it easy to sell. Well, and I think it's fair to say, too, and I don't disrespect any of the distributors that love and are committed to our brand because they really are. But I think as the industry, you know, we look at this industry 4.0 concept and I think we've already recognized there's been a significant impact on sales and distribution channels. And all I can say is back when we were wearing polyester suits in the 70s and 80s at the cigar bar with a handshake and going out and making five sales calls with the SIC books on your lap and you walk in and you see Betty, those days, in my opinion, are over. You just kind of outlined everything now is e-commerce. Everybody's saying, just give me the cat. Or in the world that you represent, we're going to talk a little bit about that specifically, the industries. Everybody already has that information. So what is the value that the salesperson brings? And I've said this, and I continue to say this, and I think it's fair. 
Distribution, sales, I don't care who you are, those of you that are listening, you are now Walmart, meaning this. I imagine my customer is mom and little Sally, okay? Whatever their need is, they're walking into the store to get it. My distributors are that store. Their job is to fill the shelf so mom and Sally don't have to go down the road to another store. My job is to influence mom and Sally when they're at home hanging out with the TV on and they see the word Kogane and they like it or there's value that they see we can provide them. So when they get out of the car and they go into distributor mart, they're walking into row number 97 and saying, I want Kogane. So in other words, mm -hmm. our sales, and I look across this as a board and, and you can challenge me or support me in this, even direct salespeople that work captively, and I, and I hate saying this too, but they get so caught up in the minutia, it seems like, where when you look at what they do in a week, they're busy managing paperwork, CRM updates, but zero new sales growth, zero new customers. But they will say, well, yeah. even though I've had this account and I've been getting paid commission on it for the last 22 years, working on getting that other thing in the same account. Well, what have you done to grow your territory? <laughs> I mean, I'm so busy. Well, you drive by this business park every day. Have you gone in to give them a car? You can't see anybody. All right, well, let's just give up, right? So I think that Logic Bay can help a lot of people. And I'm more interested to talk about. So we both agree that the Industry 4.0 has changed this paradigm of what distribution used to be, what sales teams used to do, to what they have to be doing now for them. Because they're independent. Let's remember that. So I really want to talk about non-captive, meaning I don't work under Caterpillar. I'm my own entity. I own my company. Caterpillar can't tell me what I have to do, but we have a partnership and we can try to grow for Caterpillar, right? So, and I just want to peel the onion a little bit for Logic Bay. Who is an ideal customer? Traditionally, except for very lately, it's heavy machinery equipment manufacturers. I say that because up till recently, those were the only ones that could really afford this kind of technology. But today, any size manufacturers, including startups, can leverage the technology to do the same things that large companies do. All right. So are you comfortable then to possibly give a valuation again for the listeners? So when you say heavy machine, I mean, I know medical industry, Kogane does a lot for miniaturizing medical devices. Some of these companies are north of $2 billion. I mean, is there a dollar amount? Because like I said, you've known this industry, obviously, you've got expertise. But when you say we have the technology that could be used in semiconductor or electronics or even textile, but typically you're going to be doing either a sales volume of, for example, like with Caterpillar, what kind of a sales pipeline are you helping them with in terms of sales dollars or revenue? You know, it's a gazillion dollars. We cover their global network of stakeholders. We've got well over 100,000 active users in nine languages. So they're an exception, and we've been working with them for 14 years. To answer your question, I think a manufacturer, even as low as, say, $50 million and up, is, is somebody we could work with now, who probably has the scale and the challenges to try to scale beyond that, where you can't do it the old-fashioned way anymore. You've got to start applying technology to scale your channel and your sales. And I do want to comment on something you said earlier. And by the way, it's relieving to finally talk to somebody who gets it. Your comments tell me you get it, right? So you mentioned Industry 4.0 in the beginning of your last set of remarks. And that's what's really driving the global change here, driving the demand for what companies like Logic Bay does. And it really is a shift from 
what historically has been a push strategy, right? You take information and products and you start and you push them from the manufacturer to the dealers and the dealers push them out to the end customer. You described the Walmart example. That's exactly what's happening. And it's shifted to a pull strategy, right? Yep. The end customers are doing their own research. They're shortlisting companies. You don't even know they have a need yet as a salesperson, right? They're doing research. Think about how we buy as consumers, your Walmart analogy. We do the same exact thing when we buy a car. And they're shortlisting manufacturers. And then they're wanting to talk to a salesperson. And that has caused a need to really re-engineer distribution channels and starting it And that now is a pull strategy, right? So you have to set your distribution channel up in a way where you're top of mind to the end customer, and then you're helping that salesperson marry that need and that customer, which implies a lot of marketing and lead generation now that the manufacturer has to worry about that they didn't have to worry about before, and kind of orchestrating that demand, that pull towards the end customer instead of a push strategy. So hopefully that helps reinforce some of the things you said. And that change is happening to manufacturers at any size. So if you're a small manufacturer, you still have to deal with how people are buying today and how they're researching solutions. It really doesn't have anything to do with size per se. It has to do with the buying behavior that's out there that manufacturers have to adjust to. Does that make sense? 100%. So I want to stay on this because this is value. There's a lot of manufacturing companies. So I just interviewed, and I can't disclose yet because they're going through a name change. I interviewed a manufacturing association for an entire state that advocates for manufacturing. Great interview, learned a lot. In that interview, it was said that 90% of the job growth and opportunity growth comes from manufacturers size at about 50 million, meaning Small manufacturing, there's a lot of them out there. And to your point, how do you garnish new sales growth when all you've done is you've hired a sales force for 20, 30 years you've been in business implementing a push strategy, and now you're telling Frank, who's 37 years with the company, we need to get you on social media, Frank. You got an HD camera. Can you start telling our future audience out there, our end customers, just all the things that we do, Frank's going to say, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I definitely see your phone ringing more and more (laughs) because of this. You have organizations, extremely successful organizations that have had teams, channels that have been trained, push strategy. And now because Industry 4.0 has completely changed, just like Corona, it's changed the way we work. Now everyone has to implement pull strategy and they don't know how. Logic Bay knows how. Yeah. Frank is probably the guy in the leisure suit smoking the cigars, right, that you described earlier. And there's a lot of Franks out there, and I'd like to tell you a story. So I'm not going to name the company because it's a well-known company, and it's not an active customer right now. So I'll give you that. So it's not anybody I've mentioned or will mention by name. And I'm sitting in the CEO's office. This is a couple of years ago. And they have a heavy machinery, well-branded. And I said, and I started to talk about what we're talking about now, how buying behaviors change. They were in the material handling industry. So I said, say Amazon wants to put up a new warehouse somewhere, right? And they need a bunch of material handling equipment. We were having this discussion. What do you think they're going to do, right? Well, somebody probably in Seattle is going to put a team together and they're going to start researching, right? And they're probably 30 years old (laughs) or younger. And they're going to Google the hell out of what's out there for the latest technology for material handling, right? Would you agree with that, Willie? So we're having this conversation and I said, 
I already did this the night before the meeting because I knew it was going to happen. I said, I'll tell you what, turn around and go to your website and just make believe you're researching material handle equipment for your new Amazon warehouse. And he goes ahead and Googles it and he doesn't even come up on one of the first pages of the search. And then I said, well, go to your website. I said, what's available there for to educate somebody who's doing research on what you have to offer? What's the latest and greatest that you're all so proud of? And there was nothing on his website. And there was actually a couple of broken links, right? And this is a major company. Mm-hmm. And that's a true story. And just to make the point that there are some manufacturers with the Franks of the world that the biggest challenge is not implementing technology. That's challenging enough, and I don't want to say it's not, right? But change management becomes the biggest challenge in these organizations, right? It's a cultural shift to start re-engineering what people's roles are, who does what, how you think about marketing and lead generation, and how you interact with salespeople. It's wholesale change for older companies, So to your point, that's why a lot of newer, smaller companies that are emerging that don't have those entrenched cultural norms tend to come up and scale faster than the older companies. Does that make sense? Not only does it make sense, it's 1000% true. And anybody that's listening that wants to challenge, I would go back to what you just said. Leaders, especially within a manufacturing company, 100 million, 150 million, I've heard multiple times, and I'm not mentioning names, sales is vanity. Net income is sanity. In other words, what is manufacturing? <laughs> Never heard that. What is manufacturing? I have had leaders, I've heard leaders, CEOs, CFOs say, we don't need to grow new sales. We just need to cut costs. Because growing new sales just costs money. And the margin return that we're going to make isn't worth it. We're better off doing a net cost reduction of 150000 It's going to affect our financial statements way better. And in some aspects, they're true, except here's the caveat. Everything we just talked about, Industry 4.0, global B2B business buying, that arrogance of we've had the same customer for 33 years. What I love in manufacturing that they do, you know, we should just do a price increase. We have the same forecast, no sales growth. You had 3% price increase. Guess what happens? That's all net income. And you know how many manufacturers don't even justify it to their customers, meaning you look at the London Metal Exchange, you look at the cost of raw materials, their processes didn't increase in cost. However, they'll say, well, because of business operationally, and they just take it because 3% is so minimal that most purchasing and procurement companies go, eh, everybody does it. So we're just taking it. And then we're just going to pass it to our customer, et cetera. So not only is to your point, the arrogance of this is the way it's going to be because their incentive is that net income. They're getting a percentage of that, right? They get money off the profit. So why would I want to come and talk to Logic Bay and say, whoa, 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 I got to spend money and we're going to try to grow sales of 100000 a month? Well, we're only going to make 20% return. So that's only 20000 It's going to take us years to get that back. Knock, knock, knock. Modern times, good luck. Because if you haven't changed already, you're screwed. Your customer of 30 years, guess what? All your pals that you used to have cigars with, they're gone. Now they just hired Billy's. Yeah. 28 years old, fresh out of school going, I don't know who the hell that is. I found these people, they're way cheaper and faster and we get it packaged and they'll do value at assembly at no cost. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. There's a real simple test for this too, for these leaders you're talking about, right? If you're a CEO or a senior leader in a manufacturing company, real simple test, go to your own website and make believe you're a 25 year old researching buyer right? You're on a buying team. What would you find and how easy would it be to engage with your brand 
starting from the researching buyer. And it takes about five minutes to do that test. And you either will score very high or you'll say, uh, stop the presses. We have to do something about this because if you're not starting there, you can't shrink to greatness. Someone once said that and I never forgot it, right? You can't cut costs to greatness, right? Eventually you've got to keep sales going and keep sales growing. And if you're going to do that as a manufacturer these days, you have to start at the end and work your way backwards. What's the experience of that end buyer, that future customer? And how seamless is that to get from, hey, I think I need something to buying your product? And that has to be re-engineered by many manufacturers. And that's what we do. That's why I'm so passionate about it. But it really is a simple test any manufacturer can do with their own current way of doing business. So I want to talk to you about another challenge. And I think that this really is one that you probably have a conversation about. Here's what's tough. One, swallowing your pride to recognize all of this that we talked about. Markets change. Our sales team, I love them, but they brought in nothing new. So now our competitors are taking from my best salespeople because they're not out there growing. I'm just paying them on the existing account. So we're screwed long term because eventually the young guns that get hired at our customers are going to go, we don't need them. We're understanding that, okay, fine, screw it. I'll talk to this John guy, have him come in. We'll implement poll strategy. For me, so listeners, 38 years old, not any gray hair, still young, good looking. I am getting destroyed by my children on just social media alone because of software. I can't even keep up with it. And it's real. And so what I'm getting to, John, is there has been this huge influx or expansion of software choices. But even for a young guy like me, if I'm running this company, where the flip do we start? <laughs> and I've had so many conversations with people because again, now I'm in this marketing web now. I'm not the sales guy. Let's not talk about how great our rhododendrons are because no one cares. They want to buy because of the price, right? So saturating or removing the saturation of what we think, why everybody loves us because of our name and because of our history. Bullshit. It's because yeah. you're the best price or it costs them too much to make a change on the drawing. That's the truth. So with so much software, I think it leads to a lot of buyer confusion. So we're at this crescendo now where people say, hey, I need a CRM, don't know how to use it. I need a PRM, don't know how to use it. We want this, is this gonna give us that? So I think for you, John, the thing that I appreciate most since we've gotten to know each other is your transparency. You're keeping it simple, stupid, explaining to people. And would you agree that there is so much out there from a technology standpoint, because companies are just whipping stuff out. And I'm not insulting or saying anything negative to even like maybe companies that could compete or offer similar services to you. But I think the truth is you have transparency where you can explain, as you had said, if this is what your goal is, here's what Logic Bay can do. Now, big asterisks, here's what we cannot do. So can you talk a little bit about maybe just the conversations you have when people say, all right, we would like to work with somebody like Logic Bay. How do you remove the confusion and give customers clarity on exactly what they can get from Logic Bay versus what they cannot? That's a great question. So it's a huge challenge for technology companies like Logic Bay. And let me give you a data point. Chiefmartech.com counts how many software companies there are in every category every year, right? In 2014, I just got their new data. There was 947 SaaS software companies, right? Guess how many there were in 2020? There was over 8,000. 
25% of the companies that were new in 2020, 25% of them weren't on the chart in 2019. That shows you how fast the software industry is growing. And it's growing that fast for a couple of reasons. One is there's a lot of investment capital going into it. But two, it's cheap as hell to start a software company today because of the cloud and AWS and all that. So those two things combined have been fueling this huge explosion of options, right? So back to your point, if you're a manufacturer and you're scratching your head saying, how do I increase sales? Probably the worst thing you can do is go to a conference and walk the floor because you'll see acres of software companies you never heard of, <laughs> all promising to be the one magic bullet to solve all your problems. I'd love to be that company, but we're not. And you know, after 16 years of experience, I'll get to the point, you need a toolbox with different tools in it to build whatever you're trying to build. At Logic Bay, we like to say that we're the framework for the toolbox. We do a lot of integration, but in every implementation we've done, there's a portfolio of other software that on their own work great, but when you try to put them together, they don't work, right? And the user experience at that distributorship, the salesperson is trying to use all those software applications you bought gets frustrated, right? So what we do at Logic Bay is we're in some ways a portal and we integrate all those best of breed tools into a user experience that's seamless, right? So that the data talks to each other, you can run reports as a manager, and most importantly, if you're an end customer or a person that works at one of those distributors or dealers, it's easy to use this stuff, right? It's easy to use the toolbox. So that's where a lot of companies crash and burn. They get enamored with the shiny new penny, you know, this new software that they got introduced to or they found and they think it's the holy grail and then they buy it and then it underperforms, right? And then, okay, what do we do now? So I guess to sum it all up, it really requires what tools do we need in our toolbox? Which toolbox are we going to buy to put the tools in? And how are we going to make sure that all this stuff works well together so that the user that has to use this stuff doesn't get frustrated, right? And if you can solve that problem, again, which is, I'm passionate about it because those are the problems we solve. If you can solve that, then you can create that pleasurable user experience we talked about earlier and reduce the friction that exists in distribution channels trying to sell stuff to end buyers. You know, if you can just reduce that friction by having technology work in a seamless way, that's the challenge for a lot of manufacturers. Okay, so let's do this right now. So we recognize software choices, confusion, and how to integrate, et cetera. Let's go right to the point. With Logic Bay right now, you're a SaaS company. I agree that, hey, I have challenges. I need to grow. I need to increase mindshare. We need new sales. When I pay you every month, and I wanna paint this for the listeners, I make socks, okay? I do 100 million a year. We make socks globally. We're the largest sock manufacturer. I want you to tell me exactly, I'm paying you a month. What do I get? with your SaaS software. So each month, is it training? Let's tell everybody exactly because there might be a listener that says, all right, I get it. He can help us grow. He's got the experience. Logic based great. Specifically, if I'm a customer today and I sign up with you, what can I get? And then what can it expand to, right? Because I'm sure you can have a small toolbox and you can do many things. So can you talk specifically to me and the listeners? Here's what you get with Logic Bay. If you need training, we have this. Can you talk about what those specific things are? Sure. In short, what we have is the toolbox. Tomorrow, if you came to our website and got a Fuse account, which I'll talk about, okay. tomorrow you can have all the tools you need to do what we're talking about, right? Okay. And we're not alone. We're part of a category of software called PRM, Partner Relationship Management. And companies like Logic Bay and my competitors 
have figured out what the toolbox that manufacturers need to sell through distribution channels, right? That's what we focused on for over a decade. So that's the short answer. The longer answer is because we've spent so much time doing this, we actually have some pretty cool tools in the toolbox that aren't ours. So for example, we've integrated business intelligence platform called SciSense. They're pretty well-known, well-funded Israeli company. So if you buy from us, if you spin up a Fuse instance tomorrow, you get SciSense too. <laughs> it's already in there. You don't have to shop around for it, buy it, figure out how to integrate it. Can you explain what SciSense is? Yeah, SciSense, you can Google it. They're a leading business intelligence software company. So they do a lot of sophisticated reporting and forecasting based on data in the system. So we've integrated that platform seamlessly into ours. So for me, what you're saying is if I partner with Logic Bay, I would have access to using all that management tools. Right. And there's more. A couple more examples. You know, Andrews Pink is a content curator in London that we've partnered with. So if you're a sales guy using our application and you've got a Fuse account, you know, you get daily curated content that keeps you up to speed on your industry, right? Filtered for your industry and your role. Part of the solution. It's not our technology, but it's another tool in the toolbox you get, right? That comes with the product. Another one is we've got incentives. You can earn points in our system and redeem points for spiffs and things like that. Well, we've partnered with a company called HMI that's got some really cool ways of doing that. And another one called SproutLoud, right? So we have all these tools that we have vetted and integrated into our product that you would have normally otherwise have had to have shopped around and bought and try to integrate on your own, right? So that's part of the good news, bad news for companies like Logic Bay. The good news is, you know, we have a turnkey solution that gives you all the tools you need in the toolbox to run a distribution channel. The bad news is every time one of our customers goes to a conference, there's some shiny new penny software company out there making promises on how to do a better job solving some kind of problem that they think they have that they haven't even talked to us about. So it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. The short answer is a PRM system like ours, whether it's our Fuse product or our legacy platform, which I could talk more about, it gives you everything you need to run a channel and you can have it tomorrow, you know, versus having to buy all these software packages and try to get them to work together on your own dime and time. But John, the biggest difference, and you're being humble, is you. So let me give an example. You and I had talked offline, you know, when I was talking to you about just what I've been busy with, with Kogane. I said very clearly to you, we are a global manufacturer and guess what? We have competitors and people can easily find out who those are. But I will also tell you, do we have products that can go in aerospace, textile, food, beverage? Yes. But I told you what we are good at. I like to stay in our lane rather than try to be everywhere. I want to get deep into what I know we're really good at, right? And that doesn't right. come because of just what we make. It comes because that's what we do. I do medical devices, respiratory care, oxygen therapy. We know that. Gases, liquids, that's what we are good at. And miniaturization. As you just said, your background. So for customers, and this is my challenge to everybody listening, if you're looking for a PRM partner, my suggestion, and hopefully you agree, depending on your industry, you better make damn sure it's not somebody in India that doesn't know anything about your industry versus working with John Panachone, who knows heavy equipment. Because if I'm in heavy equipment, I'm not going to work with the shiny new penny and get zero support, and they know nothing about the voice of the customer. You do. So my challenge or my 
point to you is you bring a lot of value specifically in heavy equipment. Because to your point, there are a lot of SaaS companies, but you don't know a lot about being an influencer, no disrespect. So you leave that for someone else that wants to be in that pool. Right. But what you do know, that's where the value is. And I would challenge people, before you look at what looks aesthetically cool, please, please, leaders, if you need help with sales and mindshare growth, I strongly recommend that if you partner with anybody, please make damn sure that their leadership or their support team, once you get the software, knows not only the industry, they know what the customers want. So in other words, if you offer incentive programs, but you don't have any idea, because I always talk about handshake to touchdown. Our industry from handshake to touchdown, meaning when I first meet somebody to touchdown, we got the project average. 24 months because it's here's a couple components. They're building a circuit. They have requirements, maybe FDA approval. They have this or that before the product can be finished. Then they got to do durability testing. Is it going to hold up? And so their product works. It's a 24 month cycle. So, to you listeners that just go to these shows and spend five grand to walk around with pamphlets and go, I think this one's the coolest looking. All right. What does their company leader know about it? Nothing. They're an influencer, wears jeans and Air Force One shoes, but made a really cool software app, but never worked in our industry. Nah, good luck. Yeah. It is important. And I would bet that when you do have the conversations with the clients that come to you, that's probably something that they do see as value because you can talk the same language and they understand not only just the challenges of growing sales, you understand the sales cycle. You understand the challenges in heavy equipment. And I bet, I'm guessing, John, that you're able then to give them some really good ideas on how to implement Fuse in their system. Yeah, if I could kind of grab onto that tail and hold on for dear life as I make a comment here, you know, one of my pet peeves in this social media-driven generation we're in, in this very crowded space, is leaders of companies like mine, it's, it's all about them, right? I'm so smart and I'm this and I'm that. And if you ask some of my drinking buddies, they'll tell you I'm not the brightest bulb on the tree, right? I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But one thing we are at Logic Bay is we're a very humble organization. You've used that word. And we're not successful because we're smart. We're successful because we've worked with some of the most well-known companies in the industry, right? And they're well-known and successful because they do things right. And we've been privileged to work with them. And in all the years, over 16 years of working with the ones I mentioned and John Deere and others over the years, Briggs and Stratton, these are brands that have been successful because they've done things right and they're still doing things right. And that's why they're still leaders. And we have absorbed all the great ideas from the leaders of those organizations, right? So as a company, we have these best practices. There isn't a problem we haven't seen in one of our other customer accounts and help them solve. Most of the time, we're not the ones that figured out how to solve it. We work with these great leaders in these companies to help them solve it as one of their partners. So we have a portfolio of deep experience helping manufacturers solve problems in their distribution channels. It really is the sum total of all the great work our clients do. And we've done a pretty good job cataloging that stuff, having best practices and being able to bake those into our product and make our product better all the time. So it's easier to avoid problems by other manufacturers. And really the credit goes to our clients and the great leaders we've worked with in our client base. And I think to your point, that gives us the institutional knowledge to go into a situation like you described in your business and say, 
it's not about the product. It's not about the software at all. It's about the application of the software and what you're trying to do and the change management and the re-engineering the workflows, that kind of stuff based on experience versus the technology itself. Hopefully that made some sense to you, but you struck a nerve with me on that one. You know, it's not about how smart I am or anybody at Logic Bay. It's about the collective wisdom we've collected from our customers that we've been able to package into the product that has a real value. And what I'm trying to say to the listeners is that's really what they have to be looking at. Otherwise, they're going to risk buying something that looks great, but then the implementation or integration or embracing the platform is going to fall by the wayside. Hey, we made this big purchase. Where are we at with it nine months later? Oh, we don't use it. Our biggest threat is well-funded new entrants into the software space. I'm not going to mention any names, right? They're losing a gazillion dollars a quarter because they got capital from investors and they're all over the place and they're wowing people I'm trying to win business with or even current customers. And then they try to implement some of these accounts and they just crash and burn because their technology might work, but that experience is lacking in terms of those other important things like change management, like re-engineering workflows and examining who should do what in this new world that we described earlier, right? Without that added institutional knowledge, the technology itself often fails. And, you know, it's a fierce competitive world out there, given these well-funded companies that have emerged over the last few years. So let's do this. If we go down the hierarchy, then you have the conversation with the C-suite, they make the investment, the internal memo goes out to the sales team. Hey, we partnered with this SaaS company, Logic Bay. Here's the things that they can do to help us grow. We have management software. I hate to use the word trackers, but accountability, let's say. You've got the ability to utilize more content to help you get that in front of the customer. We realize that we've got to give you guys some kind of new incentives. And we put together a program and partner with Logic Bay to give you guys that, hopefully as a means of a little bit extra effort, trying to do new things, different things. Let's transition then for the listener's standpoint. The people in the corner office with the pressed uh, white dress shirts, they shake your hand, they implement the PRM. Let's talk now the expectations of the workers and the technology tools, and then also how is that now shifting from their traditional roles that we've discussed? And then what is it going to look like now in terms of marketing sales? Because I think, you know, again, if you just think that I'm going to buy your software and I have to do nothing, let's be honest with the listeners, that's wrong. The software partnership that I would have with Logic Bay gives me access of tools to utilize, but it's still my job as the leader of our sales force to now be using and embracing it each and every month, every week, and actually benefiting and seeing results. Can we talk a little bit about then when you tell somebody, all right, we're going to get you guys set up, here we go. What you want to hear is what are you going to do in terms of marketing sales now with your sales force. So I guess if you were to give me a best case scenario of a customer working with Logic Bay, one that gets the best results versus one that's not getting any, what are the two leaders or sales teams doing differently? Well, it's a, a lot in that question. So the first thing is something they've done well already is manage the change process that I talked about over and over again, right? So they've done a really good job with change management if they're doing well versus someone else who isn't doing well. The second thing that they've done is they've started at the end and worked their way backwards, right? Starting with the end customer and working way backwards, what does that experience have to be? Because everyone should be aligned in that because no one's going to be successful, including the salespeople and the service techs, if there's not a common belief or understanding of what that process looks like, right? And then really give you some practical examples in response to your question. Two main 
types of people we help with our technology, and there are others, but the two big ones are salespeople and service technicians, right? Our platform is one of the industry leaders in training management. So we have a learning management system is really one of the strengths of our product. So we manage tens of thousands of service techs who fix stuff, fix big machines, right? In all our accounts. So we have a very sophisticated way to track what that service tech can do. A lot of warranty work, as you probably know, can only be done by certified technicians, right? Although the dealers don't get paid for warranty work, for example. But it's not about the mechanics of tracking all that. It's what's in it for that service tech, right? Again, getting back to these leaders that I get to work with, there's a guy named Jody at Daimler. He does a service tech competition every year using our system. It wasn't our idea. He does that, and it's well-known. He gets a lot of brand value out of that, and service techs want to work at Daimler because they have opportunities like that to win money, get recognition. They get stuff like toolboxes and tools to do their work, and they really like that stuff. And Jody's done a wonderful job creating this competition with the technology that gets them to love it, adapt it, and use it, right? So that's a real practical answer to what differentiates one of our customers who has successfully implemented technology and others that don't. On the sales side, what's the number one thing that salespeople love? You're a sales guy. What's the number one thing you love to get that comes out of the blue? Leads. <laughs> Leads, right. Lead management is the holy grail, right? So if you're a manufacturer, how do you want to get the attention of salespeople to use new software? It's not like, hey, we just bought this PRM from Logic Bay. Here you go. You're going to do great with it. No, it's like, Here's your login. Go to growwithfuse.com. Get your account. The minute you set up your account, I've invited you into our channel and Fuse. You get this alert. You got 10 leads sitting there, right? <laughs> that are real leads that are about two days old each, right? All of a sudden, you're like, this is great. They figured out a way to push these hot leads to me, and now I have leads, right? So what better way, just like the service tech example I gave you, on the sales side, it's all about leads, right? That's what's going to get the salesperson's attention, not how cool the software is. But, oh, man, I'm going to keep using this because I'm going to sell more, right? Mm -hmm. So really, it's about leaders that have been able to get really practical with the software. It's not about implementing the software. It's about people doing their jobs better and making it easier for them to do their jobs better. And I gave you two examples that are practical ones that we see happen in our successful accounts. That's fantastic. I think, again, by having software that's simple is one thing. But the thing that I keep hearing you talk about, the underlying messages, you guys do a great job of listening. Like I have to imagine that in regards to the maintenance incentive program for the servicing, I would bet again, you've gotten some feedback, good, maybe some, I can call it bad, but I call it maybe some opportunity, but Logic Bay then is able to make some changes so it suits the customers better. And that's why the product has continued to improve. Going back to what I said, your expertise, not so much in the software, but in the day-to-day -day applications. For people listening, again, heavy equipment, you clearly know the challenges and the opportunities of how to get them to grow. And you have the SaaS PRM understanding the industry knowledge to say, hey, we can make this really easy because we know what you're going to say, Mr. Customer, because here's what's happened at Daimler. Here's the challenges at Caterpillar, whatever. And I just think that brings up so much value. 
So we recognize then there is this importance because of Industry 4.0, because of globalization and e-commerce and access to information, there's more than ever for those that are willing to make the change, be humble, et cetera, that now they have to recognize that we have to blend not only our training for our team, right? So in my world, I lead our e-learning. So what I'm doing is I'm not selling features and benefits because that can all be read. What I like to do is I like to take a product and say, where would we use this and why? What problems does this product provide for? But I also, in training, tell them, here's what you cannot use this for with Koganay, right? Because right. not only do you earn trust by telling people a solution, you earn more trust by being honest to say, dit, 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 I would not use it like that. And we learned in training why it can only go to 152 PSI, for example. So it's the wrong product. There We have other ones. And I think that builds trust because people will just go to you to know what you can do versus what you can't do in regards to the training. So understanding that this ecosystem now is not just training the staff differently from the technical, it's also building that relationship. So that's mindshare that we talked about in the beginning, but also now you at the company, sales and marketing. And let's take the Daimler, for example. The old sales service people were good at their job, probably didn't do a lot of rapport building and developing relationships, right? I would bet now in partnering with you, embracing PRM technology, what a customer would get if I were your customer. This is where I'm talking about the value I see in our conversation with Logic Bay. I now have a sales team that's excited, educated, incentivized. But now on top of that, they're very interested in developing a relationship with their clients. So ultimately, the sales team improves their relationship. So when we talk about leads, by working with Logic Bay, not only will customers see growth in new sales, but this is to me what I think is the most important. In the example you just told me, I bet that that service tech group team leadership has increased the amount of sales opportunity with existing accounts more than they ever have before. And really, when we talk about sales dollars, sales growth, there's two ways to grow, right? Get brand new accounts and also grow in the accounts that you've been in. Many people have been stuck, confused, don't understand how I've been going into the same door talking to so-and-so, and yet we've never gotten this other business. Logic Bay helps you get that other business. And to me, what's most amazing you're getting that business not through, as you said, the toolbox, but the change in people that are utilizing the toolbox to give them the mind to now develop that rapport and trust. It'll improve trust. And the fun part about my job is not to hammer this too much, but we get to go into a bunch of different manufacturers, right? And if you're working for a manufacturer like you do, right, you got blinders on every day. You're not seeing what other people are doing, right? So the fun part about my job and the t my team's job is we get to go bounce from manufacturer to manufacturer and we see different ways of approaching similar problems and who solves those problems well and who doesn't. And that's what I've described that we do. But you painted a pretty good picture there. I would suggest to you that another exciting part about this business is how increasingly, even listen to how we're talking, right? We put dividers up between members of a channel, right? Historically, it's been my distribution partner and their salespeople and service techs and the customer. And then we talk about the end customer. And people are almost scared to talk about the end customer unless you're in sales, right? 
the thinking that has to change in manufacturing and industry 4.0 is driving this and there's a component of it we can talk about that really is driving it having an integrated relationship that's continuous with the customer not episodic it's not like you sell the customer your product and then you never see them again right <laughs> till it's time for a renewal or something or if you're a service group within a manufacturing it's seamlessly integrating with what the customer's doing with your product the data that's coming out of those products as they're being used, being proactive and fixing things, right? It's no more an episodic relationship. You know, something breaks, they call the dealer. Those days are gone, right? It's about the dealer being integrated with the end customer's business. And technology has enabled that, but it also drives change that we're talking about, Willie. You know, you can't think about roles and dividers between elements in the sales channel anymore. It's really getting the leadership to think, all right, how are we going to live seamlessly with our end customer and how are our people across our channel, like in dealers and distribution channel partners, going to interact with our valuable end customers in a way that everyone is successful. That's the exciting challenge a lot of manufacturers have being driven by components of industry 4.0 globally. And, you know, it's good to be in that business these days. But for leaders in these institutions, they got to start looking at things a little bit differently. I will say one thing. This guy, his name's Jody. I'm a big fan of his, if you can't tell. He's taught me a lot, but he's older than I am. It's not about if you're north of 45, you can't change, right? He is a change agent. He's well known in the industry, and this guy is very passionate about everything we're talking about. And I think it's more of an ability to embrace change than it is becoming enamored with any technology, right? It keeps coming back to that. And there are people out there, regardless of their age, that are willing to embrace change. And those are the ones that tend to win. 100%. So, John, I'm, I'm going to start wrapping this up here. And obviously, everyone listening, John Panichone, he is the CEO of Logic Bay. We talked today about who Logic Bay is a SaaS company, PRM, industry knowledge, history, somebody that you can trust that knows heavy equipment. Any of you that are in the heavy equipment industry, I'm confident to say Logic Bay has a very good understanding of your business and they have expertise on ways to help you from benchmarks with existing customers that they have in that same industry. John also shared with us that there's other industries that they're starting to expand outside of heavy equipment. John, do you feel comfortable to say specifically what kinds, like automotive, textile? To your point, 98% of our revenue comes from heavy equipment manufacturing. I mean, we try to stick to what we're good at and we have explored, we've done some work actually in higher education, believe it or not, that's a whole other story because we have a very strong training component to our platform. We have done and are doing work with some continuing ed divisions of universities that need to generate revenue, particularly with this COVID pandemic thing. So that's a problem that we're starting to look at again to help solve with our technology. It's a totally different industry. So, you know, we're experimenting on the fringes, but we're pretty busy and we stick to what we're good at. If I may, I do want to say one thing. Yeah. We also practice what we preach. So we're not actually counting on others to sell for us. We're actually doing what I talked about, right? So we're actually have started as of last year with our Fuse product that I've mentioned. It's the same exact technology we've always had, but we've packaged it differently, right? So now any potential end customer of ours, we've reduced the friction to using the technology. So if we have a site, growwithfuse.com, Anybody who's listening that might be jacked up about this and listening to this, hopefully there's a couple, 
You could go there today. You don't even have to call us to use the technology. You can get a free account today. And we've changed our model because we've had to change. We've had to practice what we preach because our end customer expects different things now. So I just want to bring that up. I don't want to be a hypocrite. We as a company have changed as well as how all these other manufacturers have to change as a result of our end buyer expecting a different experience when they're looking to investigate solutions to some of the problems that we talked about today. So I just didn't want to end without mentioning that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's where I want to end. So if any of the listeners are with a manufacturing company specifically, and I'll even say it. So it's me saying it, not you. So you can't get in trouble. You can just go, oh yeah, Willie said that, didn't he? Anybody that's in education, anybody that's in heavy equipment specifically, if you're in other industries, but you're having challenges with growth, mindshare, you want to implement some kind of consistent platform and have support to do that with your teams, I would invite you to contact John at Logic Bay. John, what's the best way for people to contact you or learn about Logic Bay? Uh, website, social media, what do you think is best? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. If anybody wants to ping me directly, yeah, I use LinkedIn a lot. But we have LogicBay.com as our main website. GrowWithFuse.com, I just mentioned. That's how people can get access to our technology seamlessly. It's tied, and you can get there from our website, LogicBay.com as well. Thank you, Mr. John Panachone, so much for being a guest of the Where's Willie podcast. As always, to all of you, I want to thank all of you for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, I invite you to jump over to Podbean, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. And don't forget to leave a rating and a review of my show so I can work to give you more of what you want to hear in the world of manufacturing, leadership, and everyday life. If you are in manufacturing and you have a story you want to share and be a guest of the show, the process is simple. Please go to Where'sWillyPodcast.com and request to be a guest of the show. Our producer, Linda Hopler, will get in touch with you to complete the registration and scheduling. All guests are free to the show, and we look forward to sharing your story with our listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the Where's Willie Show. For more information on future shows, please visit Where'sWillyPodcast.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Where's Willie Podcast and on Twitter at Where's Willie POD. Thank you all so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.